All right, welcome in to the College Football Week 5 NFL Week 4 Dart Me Reaction Podcast. Uh, before we get into all the games, uh, let's welcome on uh, Liveline Luke and Mad Max. How's it going tonight, boys? How's it going, Mad Max? Greetings, Hacker Nation. Everything's good. Not much is bad. The tides of change collapsed over the horizon. A lot of shit going on. The seasons are changing. The sports equinox is nearing. Things are interesting. Things are fun. That was poetic. Um, Liveline Luke, how, how are you feeling? Uh, I mean, got you feeling pretty good after your Braves swept the Mets there. That was, uh, yeah, that was poetic. Uh, <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't, or was it not? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good. The, uh, not only did we sweep the Mets, but, uh, we just clinched, we just clinched the East. So I think that's, I think that's five straight years. Uh, it could be four, but I feel pretty good. Ten and a half back at one point. So Braves are, Braves are, Braves are back. And dude, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I'm, I'm Wisconsin, but. Tough day to be a Wisconsin sports fan. Other than Packers won this weekend, but yeah. Well, speaking of the Braves, tough. speaking of the Braves, quickly, like it wasn't like the Mets collapsed by any means because they still kept like a no. pretty big win, pretty good win pace there. Just so the Braves, I think uh, I heard something on like John Boy or whatever that from a certain date they were playing on a 114 win pace. So yeah, that's, I mean, that's no, no joke, no joke, like. Since uh, probably like mid-May or end of May or whatever, yeah. Braves are probably. I mean, I don't want to say the best team in baseball, but I, they're crazy. They're they've been really good. So yeah, yeah, it's it's fun. But uh, I didn't I did not envision a sweep of the Mets. Um, I don't know. Playoffs will be interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see what happens. But for sure. It'll be fun. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for uh, Wisconsin fans. Um, we'll get into yeah, a lot we'll, of Wisconsin sports, but that was tough. Yeah. Hate to see it. I guess that being said, let's go on to a more positive note with college football. Uh, Dart me dog for us. Cue the music. Uh, they, they they win for us. The Dart me dog, we has Wake Forest plus six and a half, and we get an outright winner with them. They beat Florida State at Florida State, 31-21. So that moves the Dart Me Dog record to 3-2 and two now. We're above 500 there, boys. Well done. Well done. Um, really, uh, just getting into the game, Florida State scored their opening drive, then Wake Forest put up 28 unanswered points. So it's never really in question, I don't think. I don't know. It, I mean, I, it, I felt good. I did feel good with the Washington State game. <laughs> but obviously we know how that ended up at the end. Uh, it got a little sweaty. This one was never in doubt the whole time. So uh, Wake wins there 31-21. That's all I really have on that game because it was relatively easy. But then uh, I guess we can move on to our other games too that might uh, hold some significance. And like I said last week on the pod, I don't really know if I have everything down because I missed Miami getting upset by Middle Tennessee last week, which is a big miss by me, hand up. Um, 
But I'll get into some of these games here. UCLA, this is Friday night, by the way. UCLA beats Washington, who is ranked and undefeated. Uh, UCLA won out right there. Uh, they were plus two and a half in the spread. Georgia struggled with Missouri, uh, and Missouri was ahead uh, majority of the game. They just kicked way too many field goals. <laughs> they had this the fucking fat ass kicker had five of five, hit five field goals, and they lost 26-22. Of course, they covered the 30 and a half, but like can't be kicking that many field goals. They gave 14 in the fourth quarter, so that's how Georgia ended up winning. Did you did you even bet? Did you bet? Go back to the Georgia well there, Mad Max, or no? Did you take it easy this weekend? I did not. My only college football action was. The Badgers, which we'll get to, but no, I, no, I didn't go to the Georgia well. I didn't even, I failed to make the play on the Dartmouth dog. I don't know how that happened. That never happens. I ride or die with the dog, and I thought I was on the dog, and then I realized it was not. So, no. That's unfortunate. I know Girl hit the, Girl sprinkled the money line there, too. That was plus 200, I believe, on the money line. So, well done there by uh, Muff Punch Girl. Baby. Um, another, I guess, marquee matchup here was Clemson hosting uh, NC State, five versus ten matchup there. Clemson covers the six and a half. Um, Ole Miss hosting Kentucky. Kentucky undefeated and ranked seventh in the nation. Covers the six and a half, but loses 22-19. Just a, a defensive battle there. Oklahoma State travels to Baylor and, and wins. So uh, they covered the two and a half. There were dogs in that game. Uh, Ryan really liked the Baylor team, but uh, they didn't get it done on Saturday. Uh, another thing that I had to bring up now that I mentioned Rhino is, I know on last pod he said, mark my words, Minnesota is good. And then they lost to Purdue <laughs> outright at, at home. Uh, nine and a half points spread there. I know AK2. That's, that was Minnesota's homecoming. And I think they've lost... AK knows for, for sure, but I believe the Bowling Green game last year, was that their homecoming game that they lost outright? Does anybody know here? That sounds right. I mean, homecoming doesn't mean shit for college football. I know, but fuck. I mean, it's, it's a weird statistic, but like yeah. homecoming doesn't mean shit. Right. Right. As much. They're just not, they're just like, they're okay. Yeah. I would agree. In but general, I like they're just, they're just okay. Right, I agree, but I've never gone to a D1 fucking college with football. That's important. Maybe it's different. Yeah, I just, I just, I think it's a weird statistic that Minnesota has dealt with in regards to homecoming. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just said it because AK just said, fuck you, Tanner Morgan, win a fucking homecoming game once. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I mean, name the last five Wisconsin homecoming games. Like, no one knows who they play on homecoming. Right. No one knows. It's not like high school. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, whatever. Minnesota's just not that good. What other games here? We got Mississippi State uh, taking on Texas A&M, number 17th in the nation. They just blow the doors off them, 42-24. Mississippi State was actually minus four in this game. So, Vegas kind of knew that. Well, they're favored, uh, unranked favored against a ranked team. Um, but Christ, dude, 42-24, that's, that's not good. Um, speaking of other teams blowing out uh, ranked opponents, TCU hosting Oklahoma. TCU wins 55-24. Uh, 
That's TCU on the outright plus four and a half as well. Then we have Georgia Tech. I have this down because I think Georgia Tech is just booty because they are. They beat Pittsburgh, who is ranked 24th in the nation. Like that was a 21 and a half point spread there. So not a good look for the Pittsburgh program. Maybe Georgia. I don't know. Georgia Tech is bad, dude. If you if you watch college football, then I guess I mean kind of ending it off in the college games here. Like I said, I mentioned at the top, I'm missing stuff, but we're Wisconsin people. Uh, Illinois rolls into Wisconsin uh, plus six and a half, and they win outright 34-10. It's not just winning outright. It was in fucking demolished Wisconsin. Wisconsin had two. Uh, years. I, think we, I think we dissect this a little yeah. bit. Yeah, exactly. Let's go ahead. I'd like to hear Mad Max's perspective first. Mad Max had boots. Yeah, Mad Max had boots. Yes, my perspective on the proceedings. Yes, I had boots on the ground. Very regrettable experience. Didn't come into the game with your normal midseason Wisconsin expectations of, you know, it didn't seem like much was on the line. You go into the game. And the main focus is kind of Brett Bielema. I can't wait to see his fat ass on the sideline across the way looking like a goddamn jack-o'-lantern. And I hope we put 50 on him and <laughs> injure a quarterback or two of his and just, just run this shit. And then we didn't. All right, I'll tell you what we did. We rolled into the game. Me and a couple of boys got there for kickoff. Impressive enough, okay? Now I'm going to unimpress you. We were out of there by halftime because the first half disgusted us. It was 14-10 at half. If I could go back in time and accept another 14-10 second half, I would be so happy to do so because what we were subjected to in the second half was so much worse. It was ridiculous. Yeah. I didn't know where to begin with the actual game. Braylon Allen, who was a good running back, at the very least, mm-hmm. Matt Child, Eight carries for two yards. That's preposterous. Just preposterous. It doesn't make sense. Back in my day, back in my day, Wisconsin used to have an old line that would, you could put me in the backfield. That average three a carry. They just make holes. And it's not like Braylon Ellis just running into his line's ass for no reason. There are a lot of problems everywhere. The entire team, quarterback, old line, Running back's about all we got that I'm sure of. I'm sure Braylon Allen's good. Sucked to see Garendo get his knee blown out. He's been all right. Sucked a little <laughs> less because on the kicker turned right before he doinked one off his face. There's just so many low points. You got a, you got goddamn Danny DeVito just dicing you. Dicing Danny DeVito across the way is just slinging it on you. Corners can't keep themselves from holding. Mm-hmm. It was Got got taken for like 130 yards on the ground. That's what we do to people. Right. It was just a masterclass in winning a football game by Brett Bielema. And you know what? You fucking pumpkin. I'll take my head off to you, Brett. About all I got on the topic. Well, I mean, yeah, that's pretty well said. Like, here's what I'll say: the the Badgers start off opening drive and they score a touchdown. It's seven rip. I had the under first quarter here at nine and a half. Um, so after that happened, I'm like, okay, they score opening drive. Maybe I'm in trouble here a little bit. They get a stop. 
And then Wisconsin is on their own three-yard line, third and nine, third four. Graham Mertz throws a, a pick. So now I'm like well, double fuck because I have the fucking under nine and a half first quarter, and I'm a fucking Badger fan. Like, we can't be throwing fucking picks like that on our own four. So there you go. Then Illinois ties it up, and it's basically after that fucking the they just run away with the game. The rushing is a problem, but fuck, dude, Graham Mertz, you're a junior now, your third year playing, and you're still just doing dumb shit like that when you know you can't do that. Well, I hope you know you can't do that. Shit. It's a bad look for the program. Also, we forgot to say, oh, we didn't forget to say, we probably get to this later, but fucking Paul Chris got fired right after the game. Jim Leonard now stepping in as interim coach. So, I don't know, if you think it's the coaching, maybe you're a little happy after that. Like, oh, finally, get rid of him. But, Christ, I thought he was a pretty good coach. Uh, He was bland. He was boring. I don't know. That's basically the mantra of all Wisconsin coaches, besides maybe Bielema, because he was fiery and said, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Maybe Gary Anderson, too. I'm getting the fuck out. But when when, when they were coaching, they didn't make headlines. They're just whatever, gonna go water business when they were on the field coaching. I get what you're saying, but I mean, Bielema, that's a controversial subject within itself. Yeah, for sure. After the way he left, like I was, was yeah. Maybe I'm too. Maybe I was too young to notice if he fucking like was doing shit before he left. But whatever. I just think that guy. I yeah. I just think that guy's an asshole. I don't know. I don't know if it's real, but I think he is too. And I don't know if it's real either. You're right. We don't know if it's real. I have no, yeah, I have no, I have no bearing, but that guy just seems like an asshole. Um, I don't know. I have no, I don't have too much, but we're not good. I think it's going to stick for a while. That's, from, that's my concern. Definitely. It's definitely a concern. Like our line is not great. We're not running the ball for major yards like we like we usually do. Our defense has been suspect the past two games, you would say. I think this is a long drought. I think Wisconsin's headed for a little bit of a drought. Mm-hmm. Right, so. I mean, seriously, like. Right, yeah. I'm just cor- correct. Down the road, you can maybe see it. Right now, in the present, it's still it's just a shitty fucking look. To get absolutely bullied. Dude, it's 20, Ty, it's 20, it's 20 plus years. I mean, they haven't, uh, yes. Illinois has, come in, has, has not come into Camp Randall and won in 20 plus years. The Badger, the so. Badgers lost to Washington State the, to, earlier, too, in the season. Like That's fine, yeah. I mean, that's whatever. That's what I'm saying. Illinois, like, has, Illinois has not come into Camp Randall. In one in twenty plus years, yes, because they're terrible, and the Badgers were are getting like we're bad, supposed- we're bad. <laughs> I yeah, what can you say? Mertz in his career has so, 20, 21 interceptions in twenty seven games. Bad. I l- I look for places where you can find hope, and there is not much, Max. There's, there's not brilliant. much. No. no, bro, you need to there's look hard. Brilliant, Allen. Yes. That's it. Yes. That's where I'm going. 
Okay, so you have the running back. There have been plenty of years where your offense is questionable. You don't have any good receivers or any good receivers or one good receiver. You hardly have a quarterback. You might have a tight end who will catch five passes for 60 yards, okay? What can we make out of that? We're going to run the ball. We're going to run the ball, and if we don't run for 180 yards, we have no chance in the game. So how far might we be away if, one, we have the running back? We know we have the running back. And you have three, maybe. I don't know whether we do or whether we don't. But if you have, say, three good pieces of an offensive line, and an offensive line being an element of football that is so such a cohesion thing, like they're very well, maybe three or four good offensive linemen on that line right now, but the two weak links are just bad. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it looks like shit. So might we be able to replace a guy or two, maybe get our left tackle back from injury, and turn it around and, and be, be like a team that can run the ball? Right. Okay. Yes. And that's the one game they had two yards rushing is what the whole chat that we had uh, before the podcast. It's like the, the running. It's all it's pointing to the running. It's like, OK, yes, this game, they specifically sucked ass this this season. They haven't been up to that standard that Wisconsin has set for running the football. But this two yards, I hope it's an anomaly. So I'm going to give them cut them a little slack on that end. All right. Then second. Things to build off of are positives. I still think that defense is good. I do. Um, they've been like top five in the country for I don't know how long, but they have been in terms of like whatever statistics you want to statistics you want to look at yards, points, whatever. So maybe the defense giving up points is because we're putting them in terrible situations year after year. It's been a fucking ongoing theme that. Here's a terrible situation that the Badgers have put the fucking defense in, and they, like, hold at, like, the 50-yard – like, Burch will turn it over at the 50-yard line, and they hold. Dude, how many times – like, you can't just keep relying on that shit. It's going to fucking eventually not work out for you. I feel like Iowa does the same shit, kind of. Like, they don't put up any points offensively, and Iowa wins by, like, turning the other team over. Like, they scored two touchdowns and won a game – defensively and their offense didn't score a touchdown one game that's iowa um kind of like the same thing as wisconsin except in the past wisconsin's been much more offensively than iowa has in the past um and i'm kind of rambling but that's that's the situation that i'm looking at when you say bringing with the defense the question mark i don't think it is i think it's we put them in terrible situations over and over and over again and now it's biting you that's what I'll say about That's that. That's fair. That's fair. And now you got your D coordinator stepping as the intern. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know. Something weird. They they said like, oh yeah, we were like planning to give the reins to Jim Leonard. Like maybe that was like a plan they had, but they signed Chris to an extension before the season. So I don't know if that was really your plan um, to do that. I kind of. It's kind of rare. Obviously, it's rare, Wisconsin-wise especially, that you fire your coach mid-season, and it was in the first at the first game in October. Actually, we're still in September. That right? Saturday was still September. No, it was October first. Fuck. Now, our team might suck, and that might be one thing, but nothing's worse than rinsing a couple dollar bills. 
And there's no worse feeling than walking into the stadium. Feeling all frisky, go team, go, school spirit, you rah, rah, this, that, and the other thing. Are we talking about losing money on the Badgers? Yeah. My guy, you know it. Now introducing maybe our first guest ever, non-Dartme member, first-hand account, witness of the scene of the crime, boots on the ground. Oh, yeah. This is E. Happy to be here. Pretty unfortunate circumstances to be joining. You know, talking about the Badgers just getting their shit rocked by Illinois. Yeah, you know, don't ever bet the spread on the Badgers. That's all I'm gonna say, especially if it's them winning. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) giving points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're telling me I can take them to cover about week about week eight against a good team, maybe you know, catching like 12 points, maybe I might throw on them, but never again like that. Harry D, what was your wager? I put 150 bucks on them. I think it was what six and a half, six and a half spread on the Badgers to win. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, five to ten beers deep by halftime. And I, you know, I think we all looked at each other and we were like, <laughs> if there was ever a good Badger team, this isn't it. Could be the worst game I've watched, and I don't even know how long. I'm guessing there was peer pressure involved with making you hit submit on that on that bet because mad max is a notorious like uh ball mm-hmm. cap rider let's go here was that did, did that play a factor into placing that wager <laughs> yeah dj one one guy was me the notorious ball capper yep we're gonna bet the home team and then the other guy was the guy taking the bet <laughs> so it was a yeah. real mousetrap <laughs> christ yeah. you well, know i mean it was uh it was one of those things where you're kind of well let me put it this way. I don't ever remember Illinois beating Wisconsin Badger football my entire life growing up. I thought it was an easy lock. I thought that's really where it came from. And then you got Bielma coming into Camp Randall just shitting on us, you know. Bench on his mind. Oh, my gosh. R.I.P. Paul Christ or whatever yeah. his last name is, right? Yeah. He, Christ. More like Paul Christ. Oh, my goodness. I mean, if, if that if that uh, if that isn't enough to get you fired, I, I don't know what else is. So, you know, good call by the Badgers front office there. <laughs> yeah, but I'd like to talk a little bit more to you about the scene, the scene at Camp Randall, the the mood, the general demeanor of the fans before, during, and maybe maybe in the moments where we're watching their thing really get away from us at the Lucky's Tavern across the street, sure. way before jumper on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, you know, pretty complacent. I think everybody was just pretty uh, happy with status quo in Badgerland. And status quo is dog shit. So, you know, if we can't go up from here, we're just, we're going to look like Illinois, for Christ's sake, in all their football <laughs> programs. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't, uh, nobody was getting too heated about the atrocity that was going on at Camp Randall. We were all just kind of sitting there, you know, cooking on those seats. God bless the student section. You know, I'm just happy we got out of there alive. Really. <laughs> oh, we got out of there. Okay. Um, yeah. I got Max's first Malort shot. Turbo shout Malort. Shout out Malort. Shout out, yep. shout out Matt, uh, head tender at Sluggers and Wild Rose. Yep. Yeah, it was horrible. It was horrible. Yeah. That's, That's horrible. Never take a Malort shot unless you find yourself under the circumstances of having just gotten done watching Brett Bielema drag your ass for three and a half hours. 
What a beautiful day, though. How about that? It was a gorgeous day. No, that's yeah. good. Yeah. At least it wasn't. Yeah, at least you're not freezing your ass off losing to Illinois. At least you got some sunshine, I guess. But speaking of the apathy part, like, dude, I was watching on TV. Did that was that place even full, or was I like picking it up in the third quarter when everybody left? I don't. That, I think I think it was pretty pretty packed. Can we? Have- I, I don't know. I saw some pictures of stands like this. It's empty, but that could be because yeah. in the second cold. half I could see everybody <laughs> to leave because. <laughs> Why would you want to stay and watch that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Comparing that to comparable games over the years, sitting in the same seats every time I go there, um, as far as our section, there were a few empty seats around us. We entered the game, heady play. I mean, if if you have the luxury to do this, you should do this. We had four tickets and only brought three people. In your bench seating, big old fat Wisconsin people, you know, especially in the winter, all bundled up, it can get really tight. And sometimes exhibit home opener at green bay just this year i did not sit down for once the game started because there's just no room so we pulled that play and much to our chagrin we got into the stadium and there was already plenty of empty seats in our row but i I was surprised on the other hand looking up to the top shelf you know the nosebleeds people filled in pretty well in that section and the student section was respectable by you know End of the first quarter, um, through the time we left, end of the second quarter. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so they left end of the second quarter that quick. Yeah, so so attendance wasn't bad, but yes, we did get out of there quick because, I mean, it was the paint drive, all paint dry to the tune of 14. We wanted cocktail. We heard word on the street, the south end zone renovations at Camp Brendel now host cocktail somewhere, and we wanted one. Okay, so we set out on a mission to find one. Couldn't find one. We were up, we were walking, we were straining. Now we needed a cocktail, not just wanted one. So we said, do you know what you just watched in there? No, unrecognizable dog shit. I looked to my left. There's a poster of Lee Evans. I wanted to cry. He's not walking through that door. Lee Lee Evans was not walking through the door. So we walked out the door. (laughs) All right, that's pretty much the whole... I don't know. Do we have anything else to add on this, or what? Or should we keep going? I mean, yeah. I don't think there's really anything else to add. You know, Badgers are just bad. <laughs> They're just so bad. That's all there is to it. I did see it when I walked in the stadium. I saw an Illinois fan. This is a definitely a you know college kid uh, taking a selfie selfie video overlooking the Badgers student section. It was like. You know, mocking them basically, like, look at these guys. They don't even know how to show up to their own football game. And I was like, well, I don't know if you've been really? watching Illinois football over the past, you know, no shit. 40 years. I don't know if you guys have anybody ever show up to your games, but whatever. So yeah, I thought that was funny. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty funny. That he ended up fucking, I guess, sort of owning, owning us. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably good Camp Randall wasn't serving anything because I think if I would have had another beer or two, I would have hopped over a couple of bleachers and just started kicking the shit out of this guy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Fired Paul Christ yourself. Yeah. Threw a shoe at him. Oh yeah. my gosh. That's the scoop on that. I guess, right, Mad Max? It's going to get like a, a boots on the ground perspective, especially when you have some shackles on the game, so. Yeah, it's really nice to have uh, to have the guests join us. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, boys. I appreciate it.
Thanks for having me on. Thank you very much for joining us, Dave. Thanks for joining. Yep. See ya. Ladies and gentlemen, Alex Harry D. Harris. All right. So, yeah, that's uh, Illinois, Wisconsin. Um, I'm just going to touch on one final game, I guess, because I had on my card Utah minus 10.5. That was easy for me. Oregon State, they played. So, yeah, I mean, a short card for me, college football, uh, two and one in college football. And then baseball is still going on. And I bet against the Brewers' first five. Mad Max, you told me that Brewers are winning this game. Be careful. I care about you. And I said, yeah, they'll win. I just. Place a first five wager that cashed, and then the Brewers lost still. So that sucked. Um, I was back in the Brewers the whole game, but not in that first five. So Saturday for you is three and one, I guess, with baseball thrown in there. Um, but yes, we can move on now uh, to the NFL. Uh, we'll start in the NFL with our Dart Me Pick'em contest and then sort of go through the games as uh, we read through our picks. Um, the Darting Pick'em Contest this week, um, I had three leading the pack. Uh, Mad Max, you had two. And then AK had two. And then uh, some DNPs, I guess, uh, for the rest, which is unfortunate. Week, baby. Yeah, right. Um, so then I'll read through the standings, I guess. Uh, I am sitting at top at 12, Mad Max, you have eight, AK also at eight, BJ at five, and Guy, my friend, at four. So let's just get into the picks this week. Uh, my starting with me, uh, my picks were starting with the Vikings uh, in London, minus two and a half we got. So avoided the push there. Nice. Uh, they win 28-25. Uh, the line did end up moving to three and a half because uh, Dalton was in for Jameis, who had, like, a broken back and shit. And then also Kamara. He, he, Kamara didn't, like, make the trip, right? Or did he just, like, got ruled out? Yeah, he was there. He was there on the sideline. Oh, really? Apparently it was a big thing, but I was pretty unaware. I'm not a Kamara owner in any fantasy league, but I right. did see him on the sideline. And after the game, I did hear controversy. And as a fantasy commissioner, I was privy to a situation in which I might have to take Kamara out of someone's lineup and replace them with someone from the bench because he was a game time scratch that nobody knew was coming. Yeah, that's tough, right? Especially if like, you're playing fantasy football on the West Coast. Like this game started at like 5 a.m. So like Andy was like all, all set to go and there's like nothing, no, no letter by his name, like questionable, doubtful, what have you. And he's just like, all right, scratch DMP, you know, so that's tough. Um, in this game, dude, I just like the Vikings did the field goal thing, much like uh, we talked about earlier with Missouri. Um, they, and they really had a chance to like blow this open before half because they had three and one on the 10 yard line. Kirk hits like a, a tight end. The guy drops it. Uh, field goal, make it 10, seven. They recover a Dalton fumble. Uh, then they get another field goal before half, so it's 13-7 when you could like me punch in two scores there, make that 21-7, and like really put the game out of reach, maybe not out of reach, but you know, being the driver's seat. Um, after half, I mean, Vikings had the ball. Jefferson dropped the TD, so they kick another field goal, 16 to seven. Still, Saints within reach, and then Saints get a touch touchdown, and it's with they're within two. 16-14. Um, 
Vikings next drive get another field goal. So fucking Christ, enough of the field goals. Saints take Lee with the touchdown, Taysom Hill run, get two point conversion, 22-19. and then it sets up like this final, not this final drive, but like a one of a drive here where you had the, you were watching this too, Mad Max, and then like Saints fans think they got fucked. Maybe they did get fucked because of a questionable pass interference call um, that sets up like the Vikings in like the three yard line there. Mm-hmm. Adam Thielen had a handful of face masks and basically pulled a cornerback into him, initiated a pass interference on in the end zone, on the goal line, on the one. So I forget exactly what it was, but man, it set him up. Yeah. And then, yeah, it set him up. And then Rhino had Jefferson anytime TD, which, you know, he, he drops that touchdown early in the game. But then this time he like, he got a sweep and ran it in for a touchdown. So that ended up catching for him, but getting a little sweaty there when it wasn't necessary or shouldn't have been so sweaty. Um, so they get the touchdown to go ahead three, and then they miss the extra point. Mad Max, you also had that uh, that 16 teaser uh, riding on this game on the under. So this this played a factor. Bad. This played a factor. Um, so it's a three-point game now. Uh, lots of... Saints get in the field goal range for Lutz, which is the 60-yard field goal, and he drills it um, with 156 left to tie the game. Um, then the Vikings go ahead and they kick a field goal with 24 seconds left to make it 28 to 25. It's like 24 seconds left. Field goal to tie, no timeouts. Saints first play of the drive, 32-yard pass to Olave. It's like, oh shit, they're already. Well, they're in long field goal range. Let's just hit a 60-yarder. Now this one's in range of a 61-yarder because he got no more yards after that. Will Lutz kicks it double doink off the left upright and then off the crossbar and into the end zone. So the Vikings are covering for me and winning. It was a nasty-ass game, man. We could have just, we, you know, make an extra point. Mm-hmm. Do, a little, do a little fourth down field conversion and just sit on a knee. It would all been all right. You could have teased it into the sunset. Yeah. What did you tease that up to? So that was... 49 and a half, I believe, was the number. So that last field goal was something that broke you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So like I had mentioned, Greg Joseph, five field goals for the Vikes. Um, Will Lutz with a bomb. So the fans in London were treated a good kicking game. I guess they're familiar with that. Uh something they're familiar with the footy <laughs> so good for them uh moving on to my second pick uh ravens plus three and a half we got it at i know this closed at three maybe around three and a half somewhere at the end there too at some places but majority of the places it closed at three so again i avoid the push <laughs> lucky i guess ravens again got out to a big lead uh then they were shut out in the second half and I was pissed. I was sitting on the couch. Rhino was with me. I'm like, Bills are plus 10.5 right now. Couldn't get the bet to load in live. So couldn't fucking do it. Run to my laptop. Of course, they turned it on and shit. So I'm not going to get the live bet in at 10.5. And fucking the Bills score. So it's like, okay, that number's gone now. Uh, fuck me. And that would been my only bet. I didn't place any fucking wagers on Sunday. I'm a, I was a coward. Wasn't seeing the board, I guess. Nothing. Nothing, bro. Nothing. Didn't happen in your teaser car. Good thing you didn't. That was a bad <laughs> one. 
We had shit uh, happening like Broncos Raiders going over the T's line. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into the Broncos and the Raids. Um, yeah, so the, the Ravens, they, they just blew out. They didn't score any points in the second half. Did I say that already? Um, another thing in this game, like the Ravens had the ball. Four minutes left in the game. Fourth and goal on the two tie ball game. They like to go for it. Lamar ends up throwing a pick. So the Bills get the 20. Bills can easily just milk the clock and win the game with a field goal here with like four minutes on the clock. Like, whatever. And they do that. They do just that and they kick a 20 on your field goal for the win. I don't know. The decision to go for it. I don't know if I like it. Got the most automatic three points on your special teams in the history of America. Yeah. Can't give the ball back to Josh Allen, though, I guess. Unless you. See a milk coming, a milk touchdown. That's what you saw. I don't know. Right, that's the thing. You, do you really see them milking for the touchdown? Like, yes, they could score a touchdown. I guess. Oh that, yeah, they could. That's that's your worry. But would you would they milk it to get a touchdown? That's what you're saying. Or would they try to score right away? And then you get the ball back. You know that type of thing. Um, I I know the other thing too is that they're saying worst case scenario you have the Bills backed up at the two yard line or whatever. But if you end up throwing a pick and it's a touchback, so that's the other um, argument for going for it uh, there. And I don't, I don't know. Uh, in that gold goal situation too, they gave it to Do- Dobbins up the middle, and he lost three yards on it too. So I wasn't too happy with that either. Whatever, that's that's the game there. Um, Bills win 23-20. Ravens cover plus three and a half for me. Um, then I had the Jags plus six and a half. I took an L on that one. The Eagles remain undefeated and they cover the six and a half. What we have here, like Jaguars got up 14 rip. They had a pick six on Hertz and a touchdown pass. And then the Eagles scored 29 unanswered points. So <laughs> just like that, the Jags look yeah. jag again. Yeah, I, I don't know. Dude, the Eagles were mega aggressive in this game, too. Um, because after oh, yeah. after they get up 14 rip, Eagles turn over and downs. Then the Jaguars get the ball back and they turn over and downs, exchange of turnover and downs type of things going on. I don't know. Then I guess the story of this game was the Eagles rushing. Uh, that's what they did. They uh, they had Sanders, Gainwell, and Hurts all had a touchdown. I don't have, I don't have the numbers. Sanders had 134 rushing, so um, getting it done on the ground there and two touchdowns. Was that his career day? Do you happen to know? It has to be. <laughs> I think it, it, is. It, it has to be. Like, because this whole, like, last year, I don't think he had one, one touchdown, did he? He didn't have a score all last year, which was amazing. But 134 mm-hmm. yards. I mean, that's a great game. That's a great game. But he's been around long enough in the Eagles, you know, a quarterback in situation until as of late. Right. I, yeah. I, other thing in this game, so Agnew for the Jags had two touchdowns. Um, Jamal Agnew, I don't know who that cat is, but good day for him. Um, He's a guy. Speaking of the Eagles' aggression, I guess, as Eagles were up eight with two minutes left to go, fourth and three in the 21-yard line, and they went for it. So it was raining in this game and everything like that, so I don't know if that played a factor into it at all, but you feel like <clears> – <throat> kicked a field goal there no i felt like that's pretty obvious unless you have zero confidence and it's that wet but jesus curious decision 
it all ended up working out though, I guess, for him because the, the Jaguars got the ball back and immediately strip sack, uh, and they recover it. T Law had one pick and four lost fumbles in this game. Food for thought. <laughs> Next game that I had. <laughs> Dude, I know maybe it, yeah, it's, it's wet. Maybe the holter couldn't hang the ball. It was that's what the Eagles are worried about. They see T Law fumbling the ball over the place. Yeah, this holder won't be able to catch it. I got a dead fish to lob into this one. I saw a hard ass receiver. Someone was doing the hardo shit where it was raining. I want to say it was in this game because that was the only game that I realized it was raining in. But someone in the NFL this year or this week was wearing no gloves receiver in the rain. Yeah. Yeah. No. They were meant. Yeah. I can't remember. I saw that in the Eagles game. Yes, for sure. Then I saw it a different game. In the Ravens game too, they're like, "Oh, ditching the gloves." Like, okay, I think it was Dobbins actually. It was Dobbins who ditched the gloves. Um, so, I guess. I think I'm thinking Devonta Smith. He ran a little. He ran a little hook route in the corner of the end zone. He came back to the pylon and Hurts put it on him, and he just doinked off his fucking naked ass hands. It was like, bro, what are we doing out here? When do you ever <laughs> wear gloves? Yeah, that's. It's true. That's, I know. I guess everybody else is wearing them. Basically, those those two guys we mentioned. I guess feel like better. Feel better that not not wearing them in the rain. No one likes a soggy glove. <laughs> the comfortability thing. Wasn't like Amon Green didn't he have those elbow pads? And like when it rained, he like took off the elbow pads for the because they got wet or something. I just remember that Packers back in the day. I remember the big old white elbow pads with the holes like on the elbow joint. I definitely mm-hmm. those are I kind of got uh, elbow pads. I don't remember him making adjustments due to inclement weather, but I could be talking my ass. I could be talking my ass. You never know. Look it up. Um, that's the Texan. That was the Jags. There, I went Texans next plus four and a half. Mm, I saw a banged up Chargers. I saw a banged up Chargers team. So I felt like I'm going to back the Texans here. Um, but they didn't get it done for me. They lose 34-24. The Chargers scored four and a half. Chargers, they went up 21-0. Eckler, two touchdowns. They're up 27-7 at half. Texans made it a game, though. Got it back to 27-21. And then they fumbled the kickoff. Texans got the ball. Uh, but they held him to a field goal. Like, and the Texans couldn't really go for it because it's like fourth and sixteen. So, if there was like any shorter distance, be like, dude, you got to go for this and just, <laughs> I don't know. But it was fourth and sixteen. They couldn't do it. Chargers then get the ball and on fourth and one in their own territory, they're like, fuck this, we're going for it, and they made it. So again, with the aggression here, and I guess that's my third kind of questionable coaching decision. Uh, of of the pond here, but it worked. Chargers then scored a touchdown. Eckler's third of the day, and then they pick off Mills to win 34-24. So the Chargers didn't fully charge this game. They didn't go full charge. But um, damn, if they didn't try. Damn, that's the that's the they fact. They were they were posturing to do the charge, like they know nothing else to do. 
that's that's just the truth that's the truth and if we had rhino on he'd be saying the same thing unfortunately we lost lifeline luke um hacker nation forgot to mention that but i just felt like analogy and now my final my fifth and final pick that i had in the cbs uh during picking contest of seahawks plus five and a half got the win on that one absolute shootout in this game and sagami agami 48 45 Seahawks plus five and a half and outright win. Yeah. Oh, wow. Why am I two days late to figure this out? <laughs> a lot of fucking points, dude. A lot of points. Um, I know the line close at three and a half here uh, with the Seahawks, but it doesn't matter. They didn't need the points. Fuck them points. Okay, um, points. What did the over-under close at? <laughs> 48 and a half. Yeah, I was, on, I was on the under, boys. Don't you worry about it. I was on the under 48 and a half. Oh, Seattle team total under 48 and a half? Hell of a bat. Thank God for the hook. No, Hacker Nation. I was on under 48 and a half for that game. Yeah, the Seahawks scored that. How about it? Gino. Jumping Gino. Gino. Gino is playing well. He actually leads the league in completion percentage. Um, His quarterback rating was damn near perfect. It was like a point away. Yeah. <laughs> that's Gino. I mean, that's Gino Smith being really good, right? Not the Lions defense involved at all in that. Um, but yeah, I said he leads the league in percentage completion percentage because, like, you know, you get your wide receiver passes in there that you can play 100 percent of passes. But like, this is like the the one guy that's been at the correct position playing every game leading the league in completion percentage 77.3 pretty good pretty good there from Gino um but yeah Christ it, in a game that's 48 45 pretty much everybody going off here both running backs over 100 both running backs two touchdowns uh Penny and Williams I'm talking about Penny had 151 um Smith and Goff both over 300 passing uh Smith had uh I call him Smith now. Jesus, I usually just refer to as Gino. Gino had 320 and two touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. Uh, Goff, four touchdowns. Uh, Metcalf, 149. Lockett, 91. I'm just reading numbers here. But Hawkinson, 179 and two tutties. And then uh, Josh Reynolds. Like the question going into this game and why I kind of played it, um, besides the Lions defense being kind of terrible, was like, you know, the Lions are without their weapons, kind of. Like, Swift is out. Uh, I know Williams is capable, but he's not as good as Swift. And then also, Amon Ross St. Brown was out. So, kind of like, yeah, that's the score of the Seahawks here. It didn't, turns out they didn't really fucking need them to put up points. They need some help on the defense. Um, but, yeah, that's that game there. Nice long gummy. We're running out of gummies. 48-45, Jesus. Um, Mad Max, we'll go to you now. Um, you had Cardinals plus one and a half. That's when your picks, that's a win for you. I mean, this is just kind of a disgusting kind of game here. You like to think before the season, the Cardinals have been a better team, but they just haven't been showing it. And they visited the Panthers. They win 26 to 16. Matt Rule now three and 11 straight up as a favorite. So if he's laying points, he's, he's not even winning the games. And I'll also say this, um, I was like backing Baker kind of in a win totals draft, being like maybe you can like go on like a fuck you tour type thing. It's just not working out for him right now. 
it really isn't. He had two more interceptions this game. Didn't get over 200 passing. Um, at least CMC got involved through the air. Through the, the air, yes. Yes, through the air. You got Who's can't buy a goddamn carry. Mm-mm. Eight. Yeah, what was it? Eight for, he didn't, like, 27? Eight for what? Eight for 27. Durant, 46 plays from scrimmage. And Christian McCaffrey only takes it out of his out, out of Baker's hands eight damn times. Yeah. At least he had nine catches. At least figure out the point, figure it out like, hey, get this man in space type of mm-hmm. thing. Nine catches, 81 yards, and then touchdown. DJ Moore struggling down there because Baker can't get in the ball, I guess, that type of thing. Yeah, that's the side of the Panthers. For the Cardinals, Hollywood Brown, he actually had a good game for him. He's been good the past two games now at least. Um, uh, he had a touchdown and like 90 yards receiving. So Cardinals get the win there. Good call there, Mad Max. I probably hey, should full disclosure. Can I, can I pull back the curtains on that pick mm-hmm. and a trend here? All right. I was late to the board. I was late to the notebook. If you follow the picks, if you follow the board, I was late. Okay. Late also resulted in didn't get to play a noon game because of my tardiness. So we'll notice a little trend here. It's going to be a lot of late action. Matter of fact, all late action. Yes. So next game, I guess that was in chronological order of. After the Cardinals, Broncos plus two and a half, taking L there. This game, I don't have much on it, do I? 32 23. You had the under tease too. Christ, 32 points from this Raiders team. Raiders get off the mat, get their first win of the season. And it wasn't like through the air either. It was Josh Jacobs running wild on this Bucks, on this Broncos D. Yeah. I'm sure that could still happen. (laughs) Exactly. That's just got to be, like, speaking of good games, Miles, like you said, is that Miles Sanders' career game? I don't know. Josh Jacobs, I guess he had better history, but Christ, um, this is probably got to be his career game. 144 and two touchdowns is a good game. Uh, Raiders also had a scoop for six on Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon has fumble issues, dude. And now the Denver backfield has carrying issues. Javante out. I didn't even know the LCL exists, but he tore his ACL and his LCL. I thought we were just working on the ACL and MCL and a PCL. Apparently his LCL is gone too. So, yes, that's going to lead to Mel, dinner bell Mel. Probably putting the ball on the ground a little bit more again. But <laughs> Yeah, that's unfortunate. A former Badger too, so I don't I don't see Melvin do, do well. But mm-hmm. it's sort of a former Badger too that's fallen out of my grace. This is Russell Wilson. He actually ran one in. I didn't know that was possible. Russell oh, running. I know. <laughs> he tucked it, tucked it <laughs> four times. Twenty-nine yards. At a baby Russell. Yeah, there you Big go. Price. There you go. Luke said he'd round back into form. <laughs> he did. Holy shit. Uh, he went out on a limb. Um, Packers, you had next minus ten and a half. They went into overtime with the. Patriots. Uh, they win 27 24 in overtime. Patriots cover the 10 and a half. It did close nine and a half, I guess. Doesn't matter. Cover every number there. Just, I don't know. I don't have much except like statistics. 
in this one. I don't have really game flow or anything. I just have the Packers. They ran the ball well. Um, 199 rushing yards as a team. Uh, Aaron Jones had 110 and Dylan had 73. Uh, then Watson had 15 and touchdown. And if you're adding all those up, you get 198. So I'll just say Rodgers had one yard rushing. There. That's true. How you get to 199. Lazard for the Packers was the leading receiver at 116. The Patriots also ran the ball pretty well, too, which is my worry going into the Buccaneers game, but they shut down the Bucs run game, and we'll touch on the Bucs run game later, I guess, too, how it's kind of struggling. But Harris had 86 in a touchdown, Stevenson had 66, and then uh, Kendrick Bourne took a sweeper. It had a rush for 15 as well. The big plays in this game, I feel like, would be um, Dubs dropping that go-ahead touchdown. That was the big play, and he also had a fumble too, so a tough game from him. Uh, he was looking, like after the last week, like being the Packers number one type of thing. To me, it's like, I don't know if uh, number one receivers are going to be established on this team. Maybe it could, but as of right now, it's sort of like whoever, man, whoever. Other note in this game, like, I don't know. Do we want to bury the Packers for taking this when it's an OT against uh bailey zappy a third string quarterback kind of i guess like be better than that but i guess you scrap out a win the patriots also got uber conservative in that overtime they had the ball like the midfield area and they didn't go for and fourth down they punted it away and said basically all right go take the game packers type of thing yeah i'll bitch a little bit i have a little bit of I have a little bit more lenience than most people do in some aspects and, and probably a little bit more harsh in other aspects. The whole Bailey Zappi thing, if on the surface, if you read third string quarterback coming to Lambeau, already nine and a half point favorites, and you get taken to overtime, doesn't sound good on the surface. Right. But what I will say is Bailey Zappi is a rookie that most people don't know about, Western Kentucky Hilltopper. He lit it up last year, okay? Who did he light it up against? Not the D-train, but he was lighting it up nevertheless, okay? It's not really even the point. The point, I believe, is that you don't know how to game plan for a guy who you don't look at. And if you run a guy with talent out there and you don't know what his talent is, it might struggle a little bit more than you would expect. Now, where I dig into Green Bay a little bit is they didn't make him beat them. Zappi did not beat them they got <laughs> gashed with the run game you got to be able to recognize they're good they have two capable running backs they're already to a certain extent a run first team so the report shouldn't really change a whole lot more from brian horror to bailey zappy you're gonna have to take away the run and they didn't seem poised to do that to begin with and also not when zappy came in in relief <laughs> so that was a little bit discouraging no adjustment, really, but goddamn, is a win a win, I guess. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And that's a very good point that you made. Like, they threw the ball. They had – Zappi had 99 yards passing and Hoyer had 37. And the game gets taken to overtime, right? That's that's kind of like the main gripe because you're not stopping the run. Um, what else was I going to say? Shit. God damn it. Well, whatever. Uh, Bailey Zappi, yes. I, 
Western Kentucky Hilltopper. That guy lit it up. You're right. Oh, the thing I was going to bring up, Aaron Rodgers, 500 career passing touchdowns now. You'll just see that. Milestones. Um, Anything else in the Packers there? I know, see, if Luke was on, he might have some things to say too, but he's not here anymore. Um, Then you had the Chiefs Sunday night football, minus two and a half against the Buccaneers. We'll get right into that. Um, this game, uh, opening kickoff fumble by the Buccaneers, and then they just roll from the Chiefs score after that right away. Then they just keep on rolling. That's what I have down. Like it just seemed like after that, it was just no chance for the Buccaneers, even though Tom Brady's there. But off the Chiefs kept scoring and. They just outscored them, basically. And at the end, it kind of like it was 41-31. But at the end, it's like these have no significance because the game's won. Basically, in my eyes, is what it was. Mahomes had three passing touchdowns. And the thing about the Chiefs is they actually ran the ball on the Buccaneers. So the Chiefs, of all teams, was the team that could run on the Bucs. I don't know how that happened. They had 189 yards rushing as a team. CEH actually got involved with 90, like CEH 92 yards and a touch. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco 63 yards, and then uh, Mahomes scrambled a bit too. Um, then going on to like the Bucks side of things, like you're right, they I don't know if it's a thing like they they didn't try to run or they it's just like when you go down big early, you just gotta air that thing out. And Tom Brady had 385 yards passing and three touchdowns. So Buccaneers as a team had three yards rushing. So one more rushing yard than the Badgers did this weekend. <laughs> did Leonard Fournette sustain an injury? I don't know what happened there. I think he, what does it say? It said he had three carries, right? Yeah, three carries went backwards for a yard each time. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know if it was an injury thing or what. Doesn't seem right. Fishy. Look into it. Doesn't. And also, Tom Brady might be facing more problems at home as he. I think I heard they hired divorce lawyers. Uh, Giselle and Tom both did. So, experiencing some uh, turmoil on the home front there too for Tom Brady. I don't have anything else on that. That's all I have on that. Uh, Rams plus two and a half was your final pick of the five. Uh, Mad Max. You. They took an L there. Um, this game, Monday night game. Um, they lost 24 to nine to me in this game. It was the Debo show. This, like, he looked really, really fucking good to me. He took like a 59 yard. It was like a, a 10 yard pass that like he jumped up and caught and kind of got knocked off balance, kept his balance and ran for fucking 49 more yards and scored uh, weaving through the whole Rams defense. Like nobody wanted to tackle him. For me, Debo is one of my favorite most exciting players to watch in the league schoolyard talent like if if we're lining it up and we got captains i don't know what i'm gonna make of this guy but i'm picking him for my team he's just an athlete like few others are right pleasure to watch him wish we had some shit like that god damn (laughs) yeah i mean that's facts there with devo that's why they used to win the backfield like last year a bunch too. Like this guy can fucking play. Um, Rams offense at this point is just starting to Cooper Cup. <laughs> like uh, 
stat, Padford also had a pick six in this game. But Cooper Cup, I think they just said he had his career high in receptions. What he finished with fourteen. Yeah, he had a fourteen pack. And shout out to BJ. Speaking of stat, Padford here's mm-hmm. a stat. Shout out to BJ on the stat of the day today. Cooper Cup has eight more catches this season than Joseph Fields has completions. Yes. Yes. That's your offense. <laughs> Dude, yeah. So it's, I'll just get into the Bears game then, like, whatever. We just can read the score here. Because, like, with Justin Fields bringing up that, that stat there. Giants beat the Bears 28-12. Minus three and a half in the Giants there. Whatever, they cover every number um, that was available. Um, as disgusting as this game seen, Mad Max is a battle of two, two and one teams. So the Giants moved to three and one. Shout out to BJ for providing that stat, though. Um, pretty crazy to me. Pretty crazy. It's, it's week four. It was week. It's week four in this stat. That's the stat. Jesus, it's not like oh, uh, cute stats or like two games or one game. No, that's it's week four, dude. Uh. <laughs> Dumps them off to Herbert. You need to get that stat off of your resume. That is a blemish that you can just not mask. It really isn't. I I drafted him as like a backup quarterback option in fantasy, so I dumped his ass. I I kind of I I want to like the kid or the, or the guy. I don't know if it's like the Bears offense just yeah. being just absolutely putrid or. Probably a combination of both, but I'm not going to, like, put it all on him. I think there's talent there. He can maybe do some things, but right now, who's he throwing to? Cole Komet? No, he's not throwing to anybody. He's completing, he's completing fewer passes than Cup has completions. Uh, moving on to AK's um, five here. Uh, he had two wins, like I said before. Uh, he had Bengals minus three and a half Thursday night football. They won. 27-15. Just, I guess the main thing about this game is that scary moment with Tua taking off the field um, in a cart. Um, the questions on whether he should have been out there um, even playing in this game Thursday night, but he was taken off the field in the cart, and he seems to be relatively okay. I say relatively because how okay are you after you just suffered that type of shit? But he seems to be relatively okay. I don't know all the details on that. Do you know of what is going on with Tua? I do not. I heard more medical terms, more in-depth. I heard more words said by neuroscientists after this week than I have ever before. And mm-hmm. there were scary things being talked about. If he did indeed sustain a concussion on Sunday prior to the Thursday incident, there's... A higher level of concern from people who know about things than if he wouldn't have sustained those two traumatic brain events in rapid succession. So <clears throat> you can get a concussion in week one, get another one in week four, and you might be ready to go back up by week five. Might not miss a game in that stretch. But in a situation like this, two one might be looking at extended periods out more just for the guy. I mean Mm-hmm. More serious, more serious effects than missing a game of football or two. So, right, it sucked to see. Definitely did. Yeah, definitely. Two of. Yes, and then I don't know. 
did you really need to have him up there? Even he was good to go. I don't know. You're already three and zero at this point. He's looking kind of banged up. It's Thursday night. I, I whatever. It's just me like qu- questioning the situation there. Um, maybe it's just an unfortunate event that happened. He was good to go. I don't know. Um, certainly it looked. I don't know. It certainly did not look like that. He was replaced by Teddy Two Gloves. Um, in the game, so he, that's the backup. He'll probably Teddy Two Gloves will probably play the next week too, um, or this upcoming week. Um, in this game, T Higgins went off um, for 124 and a touch, um, and Burrow had two touchdowns and 287 passing. So that was the Bengals there on Thursday night. Um, AK's next game, he had the Commanders um, plus three and a half against the Cowboys and Cooper Rush. Uh, Carson Wentz, man, he just continues to be bad. He had two picks in this game. I didn't look at any fumble statistics, so I don't know if he fumbled the ball or not, but two picks is, I mean, that's enough to be shit. The Cowboys are now undefeated with Cooper Rush, so that's something there. Jerry Jones is trying to stir up this this quarterback controversy type thing. I don't know if it's just Jerry looking for the spotlight or what, but that's just Jerry Jones doing Jerry Jones things to me. And then CeeDee Lamb had 97 a touchdown um, in this game as well. Dude, as like the NFC East, people are down in this division. And now we have, I know schedule definitely plays a factor in this, but now we have the Giants at 3-1, and one, the Cowboys at 3-1, and one, and the Eagles are 4-0. and oh. um, With Cooper Rush, the Cowboys are. So interesting, interesting how that's playing out. Again, the schedule plays a huge factor in this in my mind. AK's next game was uh, Jaguars plus six and a half. That we already touched on. That's an L. Commanders plus three and a half. We talked about that. That was an L. Packers minus ten and a half. That was an L. And then he had the 49ers minus two and a half. So we already talked about that one. Getting into games we didn't talk about the Falcons and Browns. The Falcons in this game, they were they were underdogs hosting the Browns plus one and a half. And uh, I don't know, they just sort of ran the ball all over the Browns there. Wasn't Garrett out? Maybe that was a factor. Garrett was out, right? Garrett was out after that car crash earlier in the week. That's what it was. Jesus, how could I forget that? Dunce. 202 yards rushing. Tyler Algier, the Dart Me Darling. If you don't know, that was a BYU Dart Me Dog. <laughs> when when there was like, the other team was going to pick six, it Tyler Algier from behind hammers the ball out, recovers the ball. Uh, so you love to see that guy. I succeeding now, 84 yards rushing. Caleb Huntley for the Falcons. Don't know who this cat is. He had 56 yards rushing and a touchdown. And uh, Corvoy Patterson had 30 yards and touchdown, but now is injured and is on the IR. So that stinks. And then Avery Williams, again, who is this guy? 21 yards rushing. Then uh, Mariota had three yards. So on the Brown side of things, it was Chubb for 118 and a touch. So. Nothing really passing-wise in this game that stood out to me, at least. But yeah, the Falcons got it done on the ground. Moving on, I guess I would call this, the, in my eyes, the most disgusting game. Um, maybe besides the Giants and Bears. The Jets at the Steelers. Uh, Jets win 24-20. Jets cover the three and a half. Went outright. Steelers offense is bad, man. It's very bad. Like Mitchell Trubisky got benched for Kenny Pickett. 
Um, six total interceptions in this game, which what, which is kind of why I say this is the most disgusting game. Six interceptions thrown, uh, handing them out like candy, man. So Mitch threw one even before exiting the game, probably triggered him getting subbed out of the game. Kenny Pickett comes in, the rookie. 13 attempts, 10 completions, three picks. So the ball didn't hit the ground at any one of his past attempts. He did have two rushing touchdowns. Um, and then Wilson also had two picks on the Jets' side of things. But I it, like Luke and I had this one in um, our other pick em pool. That's because we kind of got it at three, not three and a half. But like, didn't this, the Steelers had like a lead in this game and like the Jets came back and won in the fourth quarter? They scored 14 in the fourth quarter. So kind of problems there on the Steelers front, and mainly it's an offensive issue. I don't know. It's Mitchell. It's just Mitchell things. It must be. You look to their receivers and Najee Harris and say, you guys aren't the problem. Now, their offensive line, not very good. Mm-hmm. But you can scheme around that with a running back who catches it out of the backfield as well as Najee does. And some good slant and, and some good uh, slot receivers, too. Right. Then you have right. to have the guy to get it there. So they got they got some things to figure out. For certain. Like, Najee, he had 74 yards rushing in this game. I think that's one of his better games this season. So, I don't Nico know. Fitzpatrick, do you, have any, do you have any intel on his injury? He went out with an injury. Uh, obviously, TJ Watt also on an extended period of time with injury. <laughs> right. Um, and on fade watch with the Steelers. Right. And that's probably why people are kind of contributing the maybe losing of the lead in the fourth quarter type of thing. Minka Fitzpatrick going out, right? I don't know exactly when he went out, but I don't know. Yeah, that's not good for that defense or not good for the team. If the defense is the strong point, you lose your TJ Watt and your Minka Fitzpatrick. I don't know if the Steelers have won a game um, without TJ Watt ever. As, as when he's been in the league, of course, but no, nah, wow. no. Nah. That's a stat. That's a stat. I think I don't know. Did they? He was out week three and four, week two, three and four. I don't fucking I, know, but who knows? See, I say things, and then it's just like I expect other people to fact check me. That's what Look I do. Get up, Packer Nation. I'll tell you this, TJ Watt makes a difference. Not a, not a lot of people on the defensive end of the ball truly make a difference from play to play, from week to week. He is one of those guys. You take him away, I don't care how good your defense is. You now have a hole in it. It's fact. Last game that we didn't either have in the pick em, pick em contest was the Titans-Colts. The Titans go on the road, defeat the Colts 24-17. They cover three and a half. Went out right. Titans finally got the run game going in this one. Henry had 114 and a touchdown. Matt Ryan just interception and fumble twice, lost Same one. Shit. So, like, Matt Ryan is not good. So, that's that game. That's all we have on the NFL re- recap, basically. Time to get in the power rankings, or do you have any other interesting things in any of these games? No, I believe that is a pretty merciful end to a murky week. All right. Perfect. Let's get into the power rankings. One through five. Should I just pull? I'm going to see if I can pull up our last week's here quickly. I know we had the Eagles on top. After that, what did we have? 
before week four. We had Eagles, Dolphins, Bills, Chiefs, Ravens from one to five. Now, Mad Max, just you and I, shout out Lady Gaga, you and I, um, we're going to rank them. Just you and I. Five. Do you want to start us off with your five? Ball cap, Green Bay Packers. Now, this week, the Packers didn't show a whole lot, but you know what they did, Ty? Well, TCB, they took care of the fucking business. And if you just keep taking care of business, enough people in front of you are going to lose, and you're going to wiggle your way in. So the Green Bay Packers are the fifth-ranked team in my Week 5 Dartmouth Power Ranking. All right. Moving on to my five, then. I actually have the Miami Dolphins at five. You know, I was kind of struggling struggling to who to put at five now that you know Tua's health is in question you have Teddy Bridgewater Teddy two gloves back there so it's like it's just yeah this is my five um kind of struggling with that fact because the other three one teams I had to pick from were Packers Giants Cowboys with Cooper Rush and I just felt like uh the Dolphins body at work and the talent that they have outweighs I guess sort of the cowboy situation and certainly the giant situation so i ended up putting them at five even with the question with to his health so um that's why i did that like the dolphins no i should say i love the dolphins they they're a good team with a really good win i don't think there's any question that they have the potential to not only make the playoffs but make a run to conference the, 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 the goddamn uh, ALCS or whatever we're calling the fucking <laughs> goddamn NFC Championship, yeah. that kind of thing. Tomato, tomato. Right. I couldn't, I couldn't keep them in, even though their loss wasn't bad. The circumstances were weird. They have a really good win behind it. Scratch mm-hmm. had two really good wins behind it. Well, one, one has been considered a choke job by some, but they took care of business against the Pats in Week One. Amazing fourth quarter in week two, fantastic win in week three, and then week four, weird circumstances. They damn near snuck in for me, but you know, I've been dying to put in the ball cap for the last three weeks, so it finally just had to happen. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. I can, be, I can be persuaded away from that, though. Well, who do you have at four? At four? Very much in contradiction to the points I just made. The Baltimore Ravens coming off a loss. <laughs> But who did they lose to? A damn good team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now they're sitting at two and two. They've lost to two good teams. Well, one very good team. One good team that we know is good. Uh, second team, Dolphins. I still think there might be some question marks, especially like we said before on the quarterback situation. But they've shown they're a good team. So I guess looking at the circumstances of loss, yeah, it sucks to lose that. But uh yeah, I mean, still, I believe it's a good team, but I, Mad Max, went to the Packers at four. So. <laughs> Whoa, hold the phone like, now. Oh, I don't know. I, just trying to, I was just trying to squeeze some fucking three and one teams in there. Uh, and I, I don't know. Maybe I should have gone with like a two and two team, you know, at, at uh, five and then then Dolphins at four or something like that. But I decided to go with the Packers. Uh, We went through the ugly win, the ugly wins, I guess you could say they had. The Bears was, I guess, comfortable, but you still like to think that, you know, make that a little more easy for us or have the offense do some things. But 
Nevertheless, 3-1, and one, one of the wins includes a road win in Tampa Bay, even though we just saw the Chiefs go down there and kick the shit out of them. Uh, but the Chiefs are a better football team. We'll get into that. So I have the Packers at four. Would yeah, you? I like that. You know I like that. You like that? Yeah. It's a little shocker, I guess. Or not really a... Hmm? Not really standard, I guess, of the way we, the way you, that we have uh, the ball cap with BJ and you kind of okay. thing. Maybe a switch of the okay. narratives a little bit. Okay. Well, I was initially going to counter you with, um, can, can we flop? Can we take the Dolphins out of five and put the Ravens in five? But then I think about that, and before I was going to propose that, which I'm not even proposing anymore. <laughs> Dolphins have one fewer loss, and they beat the Ravens. So the Dolphins just can't be there. This is the power ranking, sure. So this is the what have you done for me lately. Mm -hmm. But they both lost. And one team lost without their quarterback. Got totally – the team was just heartbroken on the field. They lost by eight to maybe a good team. I don't know. They were in the Super Bowl last year, so that's probably pretty good. Or the Ravens, who kept it closer – Probably should have won the game. Maybe should have won the game against the Bills. A good team. But the Dolphins also beat them. Transitive property, that kind of thing. It's pretty yep. tough to keep track of. But I am good keeping the Dolphins at five in okay. exchange for moving the Packers to number four. That would just tickle me. So absolutely. Perfect. That's what we'll do then. Rank it. All right. So who did you have set at your third? And number three in the week five Dartmouth power rankings of the Kansas City Chiefs. Same, same with me. Chiefs at Chiefs at three. Do we want to talk about it? I don't know. We we kind of said that what they did. They went they went into t- Tampa Bay and absolutely demolished demolished the Bucks, and they got the ground game going. Maybe we'll see that coming to. Uh, fruition I guess um, in the upcoming weeks too so that's a nice if they get that figured out then it's really a dangerous offense with Patrick Mahomes and a team that can run so yeah that's pretty much all we need to say with that Mm -hmm. Uh, they deserve the jump they've been in our ranking all year they they went on the road and won a game by two scores and two teams in front of them lost so absolutely mm -hmm. Chiefs up from five last week to three this week no doubt. So you're number two. My number two this week is the Buffalo Bills. Layup. Same with me. Now, you know, um, kind of like we could have maybe flip-flopped the Chiefs and Bills type of thing. I know Luke has been saying that I had the Chiefs but the Bills because of what happened in last year's playoffs type of thing. And you could definitely see that now, too, with uh, – how the Chiefs won so convincingly, I guess. But we decided with the Bills. Um, I think that's fair. I think that's more than fair. The gap is closed. Yeah. The gap is closed. They can both win next week, and I am ready to flip if I if I see things go the way I think they might. Yes. Um, and the reason I've had the Bills up in front of the Chiefs thus far is I didn't see much out of the Chiefs' defense. And I still really haven't. But the Bills haven't been quite so lights out. They did a hit. They did hold our Jackson's team to scoring 20 points. Mm-hmm. That's pretty impressive. Did he still have his way a good amount? Yes. Did he make some of the mistakes that he's not always going to make? Yes. Our turnover is kind of random? Yes. 
So that might have factored in that, but mm -hmm. I'm getting ready, getting ready. Chiefs might be ready to make a leap. <laughs> and by leap, I mean one little step up to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'll so, tune in next week. Yeah. Um. So number one, you all, you both have the Eagles, then correct? Bingo. All right. I'll put them in there at number one. Eagles, the only undefeated team in the NFL this year, uh, serving of the number one power ranking in my mind for that. They came back on the Jaguars last week or week three, um, and they covered. So showing resilience and then the ability to pull away after after I guess a bad start. So good for the Eagles. Me. It did worry me in that game, and not just because they were down 14-0. It's because they looked like they didn't give a fuck if they ended up down 28 to zero. <laughs> yeah, they that, right. Just pushing it, man. And you do that against the wrong team, a not Jacksonville team, and you might end up getting washed. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah, I guess they're lucky for the fact that Trevor Lawrence had trouble hanging on to the ball there. And we mentioned the the aggressiveness of them like going for every fourth down at the scene didn't matter. But, I mean... Hey, they were aggressive in their Super Bowl winning year too, with with Doug P, who was coaching the Jags in that game. Revenge angle there um, didn't end up working out for the Jags. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the aggressive the the aggressiveness the aggressiveness has paid off. I would say there, I said it. That's the power rankings. I'll read them from the bottom to the top. At number five, we have the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> At number four, we have the Green Bay Packers. At number three, we have the Kansas City Chiefs. At number two, we have the Buffalo Bills. And we have the Philadelphia Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. That's the Dartmouth Power Rankings post-week four results. Anything else to add um, to the reaction pod, Mad Max? I need to address my teaser. Okay. okay. Last week, at this time, I said, I need to give you a new one. Not doing it this week, okay? Packer Nation, by most accounts, to have made the wagers I've made through four weeks, you'd say, hell yeah, we're off to a start. <laughs> okay? I've made, you know, you know the drill, 16 games, <laughs> three plays a game. Team total, over under, spread. Of those wagers, I've won 106 of them, lost 80 of them, and pushed six of them. But my big unit plays, the teasers. You know how the units on the tease. Some, some money line parlays, big units. These plays are turning winning weeks into losing weeks, and I cannot. Well. I can continue to do that myself, but I will not subject yep. you to that. So I'm going to hold on, I'm going to curate, go to the drawing board, and I'm really going to dial one up for week six. I'll tell you that. Get ready to week six at this time. And I will have a fucking winner for you to take that car, to take it down the goddamn highway at <laughs> fucking Mach 8. <laughs> that bitch is standing in the garage. Okay. On that note, I will just, I'll throw out a play that I made. And that's in the college football. Um, 
college football. Uh, BJ, I mean, we talked about Wisconsin, how trash they are. Guess what? They're laying 10 on the road at Northwestern. Mm-hmm. BJ said, I'm playing Northwestern. Now, BJ's the same guy that said uh, Wisconsin over Ohio State. Um, I mean, you've seen his plays on at Dartme2 on Twitter. He rarely ever, if ever, goes against the Packers, Badgers, Brewers, Bucks, whatever. Um, rarely goes against them and rarely stays off the game. It's basically always there's a Wisconsin game on. I'm going to bet it. So guess what? I decided, BJ, I'm going to come into your hole and I'm going to play North or Wisconsin minus 10. On the road at Northwestern, I'm just going to do it. Whatever. That's probably, I don't know. I'm not going to say it's a bad idea or good idea. I'm just going to ride BJ here. I'm in his hole. I'm in mm-hmm. BJ's hole with Wisconsin minus 10. So mm-hmm. I guess that being said, we're going to end it here, right? I mean, follow the plays at Me 2 on Twitter um, for the upcoming action. I mean, we're still doing baseball action too. Mad Max actually, while we're recording this, hit a lower more k's than zach gallant at plus 160 so definitely yeah, stay right. tuned at darmia2 on twitter um and we'll catch you on the next one peace darmia